What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hapticast, episode number 59. My name is Josh Toll, and I am joined by my good friends, Brett Roberts, HBot, this pen, and you. How about that? I like that. What's going on? Uh, what is going on with you, my friend? How are you? I'm doing good. I'm ready to do another episode of Hapticast here on a uh, nice Tuesday night. What is the pen's name? Philip. Philip the pen. Philip the haptic pen. By the way, these are my favorite pens. By the way, Pilot, Pilot G2.38. Oh, those are great pens. This is what I've been using since high school. We'll never use another pen. I literally have mounds of them in my drawers. Those are, I got to tell you, some of my favorite pens as well. Big fan. It's, it's the only pen I use. I refuse to use anything else. Pilots in general are great pens, I would Pilots say. Pilots are good in general, but... They have ones that are a little bit too thick, you know, where you could get some ink spreading across the page uh, with your right hand. I'm, I'm an aggressive writer, you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm yeah. back and forth when I write, and it smears. Uh, and then they have ones that are too small, too thin. I need a nice balance, because if it's too thin, then I can't read my own shit, and it feels like I'm writing with nothing. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if I've ever experienced a, a pilot that was too thin. Oh, they exist, my man. Yeah, they, have, they have they have they have 0.21 millimeters no way get out basically i mean you know no girth essentially is what we're talking about and that's well that point. we're all about the girth here at haptic intel all so. about it yes we need a throne of pilot pens for me so welcome to hapticast everybody this is haptic intel's uh weekly thing that we do our podcast we stream it to you live coming at you live from haptic hq this week brett we got a meaty pod a big meaty pod for people i'm actually really uh excited to talk about um a lot of these topics and some of the stuff even in our abysmal chronicles uh which is our small pre pre-show if you will of things that maybe don't you know whatever aren't quite long enough to uh, get on the full show uh no, so there's there is some good stuff in there that this week there is um so our main topic this week is talking about um the uh, right to repair uh, effects that are going into place via Biden's executive order from July 2021. Uh, this yep. is, of course, uh, in the United States. So if you're watching this, you're not in the United States. It doesn't apply to you because your country is probably better. So um, that we're going to be talking about some more hints uh, about potential backwards compatibility in PlayStation. Uh, you know, all PS4 trophies were briefly wiped and labeled as PS3 trophies, uh, showing 0% completion. I believe this was last night, early in the morning. Yeah. Um, from the time of recording this. And then our last main topic of the week is we're talking about Steam's new, I just said that really fast, Steam's new cloud save feature, uh, promising seamless switching between Steam Deck and PC games. You your saves, of course, being able to carry over. And then uh, this week for our indie game, Indie Intel, we have a little title called An Airport for Aliens Currently Run by Dogs. Uh, really excited to uh, find out what that is all about. Brett is bringing that to the table this week. Uh, but Brett, without further ado, why don't we start with uh, just, you know, doing a little thing that we do called the media consumption update that I forgot briefly there for a second. Just running down what we're watching, uh, reading, playing, listening to, consuming, uh, and interacting with. So, Okay. Do you want to go first or should I? Um, I'll go first. I don't remember who did last week or not, but I'll go first. First of okay. all, I'll start with movies. Uh, Funky Forest, which I watched with you. Uh, 
interesting Funky Forest film the First that was. Contact is the full title. That is the full title. Uh, interesting film that is. Uh, also, I've just realized here. Can you please turn off the music, HBot? Thanks. Oh, I like the music. Normally, she does that earlier. You know, you normally I like her to roll it out as we get into the actual discussion portion. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, Funky Forest. That was an interesting film. That one. Um, basically, it's a you know, a just connection of movie stories. Uh, I would call it an anthology, but I actually am not convinced it is. Uh, I'm convinced it's more so an entire narrative uh, strung together by vignettes created by people much more intelligent than I am. Is how I felt at the end. And of also, movie. and also, quite literally, more insane than you are as well. So, which is hard to do, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it was it was a good time. We watched that with um, uh, our good buddy uh, Stebu, uh, Stephen Heaven Street, a uh, friend of the pod, previously on the pod. Uh, right. Should come back on the pod for a reunion special at some point. Shout out to yeah. you, Stephen. Um. Do TV and then I'll do games because there's one thing in particular I want to talk about, which I think will probably segue into your shit. Okay. Um, I'm watching Monster, which is an anime. I have been watching it for a while now, uh, little by little. Uh, it's very long. Uh, it's a really pretty good. Um, it is a show that's a little frustrating to me because there will be arcs that are so good with it, right? Like super interesting. It's about this doctor, basically, it's being framed for murder. Um, and there's arcs that are super interesting. And then we'll meet, we'll have a bunch of side episodes where we meet like these side characters. And they're really good stories. Some of them one offs, some of them play into the larger narrative. They're all good. But when you're like in the meaty claws of a narrative, the last thing you want to do is go on a side quest sometimes. You know what I mean? So this show had like a series of like four or five episodes where it was just cliffhanger, cliffhanger, cliffhanger. Is it filler? Cliffhanger. Or is it canon? It's not filler. It's side quests that either tangentially or directly relate to the main plot. And it's a horror anime, right? From what I've heard? No? Thriller anime, I think, is probably a better classification. Horror elements, sure. Uh, But I think thriller... uh, Thriller drama uh, is probably the better way to describe it. Okay. Um, But I don't know. Sometimes I don't want to go on a side quest. You know what I mean? Um, and it's like 80 episodes total, so sometimes I really don't want to go on a side quest because I'm really interested in the main. And there's also episodes where there's just like five or six where we don't see the main character at all. And it's like, you know, what are we doing here? Can we get back to the main character? That's uh, weird. But good. Good overall, nonetheless. Um, I'll give you my full thoughts once I get to the end of that. I think I'm a little over halfway through. I don't remember somewhere in there uh and then watching firefly uh of you know we talked about last week of joss whedon dissidency if you will uh, how unfortunate unfortunately for that i got a fucking hair on my microphone um i love firefly it is really really good uh, i'm on a kick of just you know uh gritty lived in you know sci-fi right now uh, between finishing Battlestar Galactica and then moving on to Firefly. Um, I love it. It's very good. Space Western. Um, don't know what else to say about it other than I like it. I'm almost done. Mm-hmm. I recommend it. And that's it. That's cool. Game Games, Halo, of course. Still playing the pedestrian a little bit. Uh, a little more than halfway through that now. Um, <laughs> and the rest of these 
pretty much relate to you. So we pl we played Nickelodeon All Stars Brawl, uh, which I got to be honest with you, I hate. I think it's terrible. Uh, I think it is the most milk toast version of a Smash clone I've ever played. As far as dude, the fact that there's no voices make that game feel so barren and like yeah. empty. If that makes sense, mechanically it's it's sound, sure, no doubt. But I have I got I have no interest in ever playing it again. The roster and the no voices is just baffling. Yeah, it's it's no good. It's no good. Uh, we played Mario Park. Oops, sorry, go ahead. I saw, no, I was just going to say two Ninja Turtles and April O'Neil. Yeah, dude. Not even, not even a Carl Weezer, dude. No Carl Weezer. No Jimmy Neutron at all, actually, which is yeah. quite odd. Odd. Um, and then we played Mario Party. Um, that game uh, is terrible, of course. Um, really just not good at all. Uh, the most exceedingly frustrating... Uh, party game I think one can ever subject themselves to. Um, and then we played GTFO. Got it on PC yeah. on sale via CD Keys. Um, it's very good. Um, it it's is. a pretty good tactical shooter. Um, but not like overly complicated either. I feel like we figured out general mechanics pretty well. Now there's some survival elements that we need to figure out how to get over, but it's cool because I think you can make it as complex or as not complex as you want to. Like there are terminals where you can actually physically type commands in and things like that, or you could just stumble across stuff. Uh, mechanically sound, it looks really good too. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed. Yeah, it. I like I like it a lot too, and it's got like a nice world. Like you said, you like these new or these old, well, not new, but you like you, you're discovering these sci-fi worlds that feel lived in and like, right. you know, all these things exist and, and there's a, a purpose for them. I feel like when we play GTA, GTFO, I'm like, oh, OK, like this is a really fucked up yeah. place I'm in right now. And you know what I mean? Like it just has that feeling to it. So, yeah, very aliens almost ask. Very much so. Yeah. You're, you're basically for those that don't know, you're basically like a prisoner and they send you in this pod it's almost like the matrix when you're in those when mio's in those pods right um but basically they send you down on a team of four and you go deeper and deeper and deeper into this like lab right and you're like tasked with doing these missions uh but basically it's like very dangerous the people that sent you know you're probably gonna die uh, right. and your your objective is to just gtfo man so that's right uh and then last but certainly not least and maybe the thing that I am working on the most or playing the most is Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. This is what we've basically always wanted, right? This is a legit version of YGO Pro. Yep. Um Dueling I mean, Network. Yeah, Dueling Network. Um it is good. I, I, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I think it's also it's a, a free to play game that you absolutely totally do not need to put a single penny into to actually get out of it what you want at least so far well so far sure but i I've, i'm also i spent all of those initial gems yeah. and have still been able to pretty easily build some of the decks that i want and the cards that i want and i think as long as as long as you understand that and you like are singularly focused on like okay i want to build this deck, this deck, this deck, and this deck, and I want to have maybe a few competitive decks, I think you'll be fine. If you're trying to, like, fucking collect them all, or, like... Yeah, you that's, don't want to do that. That's not going to happen. Um, but it's content complete. I mean, with every card uh, in it ever released, as far as I understand, updated ban lists, um, you know, pretty good competitive play. 
um, a, a very long kind of in-depth uh, story or solo mode where it takes you through basically every kind of card shtick in the game even and I, and I mean even outside of like pendulum links I mean like actual specific monster types and like archetypes, just yeah. archetype like it's it's really in-depth um, and really really cool and pretty pretty good um, and also reminds me of how much I hate <laughs> some of the fucking abysmal archetypes and shtick cards if you want to call them that Yu-Gi-Oh has done in the game and um yeah I, I played competitive last night for the first time and uh won my first three games um I definitely shouldn't have won any of them um but my deck is just so abysmal I mean you remember my dark world deck which is what I use yeah but now take that and add an entire another shtick into that with the danger mechanic mm -hmm. it's annoying yeah, so my thing with, with Master Duel is, it's like you said, everything everything that you said, I, I echo. It's very much like Hearthstone, but Yu-Gi-Oh. It's on mm -hmm. every platform. Yep. Coming to mobile soon. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, it's on Switch, so you can take it on the go. And the yep. cool thing is, all your progress transfers wherever you Yes, go. yes, that is so. the big thing. That is the big thing, is that I, I have several times this week played on my PC, been like, I'm tired, I'm ready to go to bed, and I exit after making a deck or something and I go lay on my bed that is not here it's somewhere else and I open up my switch and everything is there what do you mean dude you don't just lean back all the way and just go to sleep yes so, so. my main gripe is that the online mode is just yes it. it's just online mode you could play with friends using like private lobbies mm -hmm. uh, but there needs to be like a filter so I'm not saying you need to cater to like people like us that are like kind of new to the game, but like there should be a mode, a thing where you can, well, we're filter. not, we're not new to Yu-Gi-Oh. Well, to the newer mechanics. I mean, sure. Okay. Yes. I, oh, so, I understand what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. So you should be able to filter it and be like, okay, I don't want to be able to duel against people that are using links or I don't want to sure. duel against people that are using pendulum. Now I'm sure they won't ever do that because it's taking away from the might be hard to find a match. Yeah, and they're they're basically like, this is our game now. So like, we don't care if you don't like Pendulum, we don't care if you don't like Links. That's it. But right. I think it would just be it'd be pretty cool if they if they put rules on, or even if they allowed you to make custom lobbies where you could have you know four thousand life points instead of eight thousand life points. Like sure. that would be a cool thing. Dueling sure. Network and and Dueling Book or whatever they used to let you do all that. So I, I think those are some things that would be very helpful. Yeah, custom game. custom games would be good. But um, yeah, yeah. Why don't we just transition into you then? That was that yeah. was it for me. Yeah, so I've been playing Master Duel uh, and GTFO, as we said. Uh, Halo, uh, been playing a lot of Halo with you lately. Mm -hmm. Have not been playing Apex ever since yeah. my can account we... was banned. Yeah, can I, can I just say, I think I think we're very good at Halo. Oh, yeah, I think we're pretty good at Halo, too. That's it. That's my comment. Yeah, I would argue that we're, we're above average at Halo. Yeah. Christian in the chat says, trying to hop back into Halo with y'all at some point. Well, we're very good, so anytime you want to play, yeah. just... Please, we gotta Join get us. we gotta get you ranked, by the way, because yeah. Brett and I are almost at Onyx. Yeah, we're very we got we won I think every placement match that we played and got very very high, um, which is also worrisome because I don't want to get to a point where we start to decay out. Yeah. So, anyway, continue. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Yeah. So so Halo having a lot of fun with Halo, which is surprising. I never thought I would like it, but it's it's fine. Yeah, it's good uh they just updated the store by the way today mm -hmm. and like made all Saw those that. changes yep. ass 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 it's not good it's very bad yeah. uh 
they're selling a helmet by itself for seven dollars, and they think that's better than selling a whole armor set for twenty. Right. Bad. 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 Anyway. Uh, movies I watched Funky Forest, which we've already talked about. Now my TV and anime, my TV shows that I watched. This is where it's going to differ from what we talked about with you. So, I last night started again Attack on Titan. Mm. I started watching it with my fiance years ago, and we both kind of fell off, uh, mm-hmm. waiting for like all the seasons to come out, and then we just never picked it up again. Sure. So I think we're all, we were literally on season two, and now there's four seasons. Correct. So. I really want to like finish the series and I want to know what happens. So mm-hmm. I am starting from the very beginning and I'm on episode four now. So I'm, you know, seeing all these slick moments happening again, which is really sure. Cool. Yeah. Attack on Titans. Awesome. I was caught. I did not watch the fourth season. So I watched through the third season and I don't want to start the fourth season. Cause I want to tell you why at the end of the third season, I was so done. Sorry, I was so done, uh, and I don't mean in a bad way. I mean as in like uh, at the end of the third season, I was like, I, I, I was like finished, and it blew my mind. And then I, when the first four seasons started, I was like, I'm not mentally prepared for it. So, so I'm a big sucker for time skips, and I'm pretty sure they do an additional time skip now. Yes. So I'm gonna suck it. Season off. season at the end of season three is that yep. makes me hard, dude. It's. It's so fucking slick. I cannot even tell you how incredible. And I don't even know what happens in season four. And I've heard it's awesome. How incredible the end of season three of that show. I mean, it will literally cut open your skull, take your brain out and blow it up. So here's the thing, right? And I don't want to dwell on this too long because we have a long pod to do. But here's the thing about Attack on Titan that people don't understand. When Attack on Titan, the anime came out, number one, it was extremely popular. Yes. But number two, we had to wait literally years for more. And Long I'm not time. Even, it was like Attack on Titan season one, part one, and we had to wait for part two of season one. For and like then, three years. Yeah, then we started getting content. So what's interesting now is I've kind of seen a little bit of things that happen later on, and they actually throw little hints. They, they throw little hints in the in season one that you wouldn't like you don't know what that means in season one, but knowing what I know, I'm like, oh. Like when the Colossal Titan appears for the first time in episode one, a strike of lightning like happens. And yes. I'm like, oh, I know what that strike of lightning is now because I, I know a little bit more. So anyway, I'm having a great time rewatching it and I can't wait for some of the epic moments and I can't wait to finish it because I know that it's on the final season. So hell yeah. I'm also watching Righteous Gemstones, which is an HBO Ooh. comedy. That show is hilarious. It's fucking phenomenal. See, so episode one started, it was a little slow, but it was funny, but I didn't know where they were going to take this season. Season mm-hmm. one, right off the bat, they had a, a storyline where he was sure. being blackmailed, right? Sure. This season, you don't actually get that till episode two or three. Mm-hmm. So very interesting, but very good. Uh, Smiling Friends is a show that I've been watching oh, with you. include that, yeah. And Steven, and that show is hilarious. Animated series. And then yep. finally, Peacemaker, which is also a very good, very funny series. I just watched episode four, and it was great. So yeah. that's what I've been watching. Very good, my friend. With that being said, I'm going to look at the chat real quick. And Steve, Christian uh, said... Play Splitgate. Yeah, play Splitgate. Well, I don't need to play Splitgate, because I'm playing the actual Splitgate, which is Halo. 
Um, although I do like that mechanic of, of the portals. That's, that is pretty cool. Yeah, Splitgate's good. But now, Josh, it is time for the segment of our show called The Abysmal Chronicles, where we talk about things that were just a little too abysmal to make it on a full podcast. So we're going to start off with video game releases. This week, uh, actually today, yeah, The Artful Escape launches on PS5, PS4, and Switch. Mm-hmm. Very good. Also on Game Pass. Please play it. Yes, on PC as well. Yep. Pokemon Legends Arceus comes out for Switch on January 28th, which is this Friday. Mm-hmm. Life Already is Strange. It le- oh, yeah. The whole game leaked online. Mm-hmm. Uh, Life is Strange Remastered? Yep. This is, the f- this is the first game? Yes. So I didn't know about this until today, and I put it in here, and it's coming out for everything, and Stadia, and is rumored to be a PS Plus game uh, for this month, which you might be thinking, but we already have Life is Strange. Yes, that's true, but this is Life is Strange 1 and 2 combined. So And remastered. Right. So Cool. That's coming February 1st, apparently, so it'll be launching with Game Pass, which is cool. Or with uh, PlayStation Plus, sorry. Supposedly. That's just a rumor. Yeah, well, actually, it's funny you say that because the PlayStation Plus leaker that has been nailing it lately has been quiet. So either he got caught or he's holding out. Yeah. And then finally, Dying Light 2 will be releasing on PC, Xbox Series X and S, and I'm assuming Xbox One, uh, and PlayStation 4 and 5 on February 4th. Yep, still ready and excited for that game. Yeah. So without further ado, let's hop into our topics here. Number one, Respawn is working on three new Star Wars games. Uh, Fuck Respawn, unban my Apex account, I did nothing wrong. Uh, So the three games that they're currently working on are Jedi Fallen Order 2, uh, an FPS from the co-creator of Medal of Honor and a strategy game from former XCOM devs. What are your thoughts on these, Josh? As a big Star Wars fan, I want the the Fallen Order sequel. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. I don't understand why we need so many other Star Wars games from Respawn. Why can't they just make Fallen Order two? Why does there have to be all of these other things they're doing it? Is that an EA decision? Is that a Lucasfilm decision? Um, why? Well, I'm going to guess it's an EA decision because they're stupid and dumb and don't know what they're doing. I just... I, uh... And they're I the worst game company in the world. I just don't want all of those fucking games, dude. Uh, and then I, I don't think we're going to... We don't we didn't put it in uh, anywhere else, but also of note that uh, EA is not... DICE specifically is not developing battlefield three uh yeah. mainly because their contract battlefront, battlefront. uh yes thank you mainly because their contract with uh lucasfilm their exclusivity deal is up good as it should be uh next up gamestop will reportedly be selling ps5 consoles in stores on thursday mm-hmm. january 27th mm-hmm. this is coming from vgc mm-hmm. uh so vgc says that this information is coming from tech newsletter the shortcut which said it was informed of the retailer's plans by GameStop employee sources. So this is fairly common. Uh, GameStop employees will get the scoop from corporate. They'll get a little letter that tells about all the deals that are going to be coming to the store and stuff like this as well. So this is fairly common. Uh, GameStop last sold PS5 bundles at selected stores on January 14th, Mm -hmm. but they were reserved for Power Up Rewards Pro members. Mm. Uh, And additionally, last Friday, GameStop also offered Power Up rewards pro members the chance to purchase a ps5 bundle online mm-hmm. uh, these were priced at 744 us dollars and included a console uh an additional cosmic red dual sense controller call of duty vanguard a 12-month playstation plus subscription and a 50 dollars gamestop gift card so yeah i think so, if you add all that up it's 
it's probably good. Cool. I have a problem with them doing those bundles. Like, they do it to force people to buy it, obviously. But I, mm -hmm. I specifically wanted to throw this in there just as a maybe a PSA. If you're still looking for a PS5, check your local GameStops this week and see if you can't get your hands on one, if you still need one. Um, I do feel like in the next couple of months, uh, this supply chain issue uh, will be better, so it will be slightly easier. Uh, but still, check your local GameStops. Uh, also, shout out to Yukin in chat who says, uh, sorry they did that to your account, your Apex specifically. Yeah, well, it, there's been an update. I didn't get to say anything on the pod yet, but so they messaged me this morning at 2.44 a.m. and said that they reviewed my account again, and I did, uh, I, I, I did get banned for good reason, so I'm not getting my account back. Um, the problem is my account is still in my... I still have access to my account. It's not actually banned. So I... Right. So you're taking I, them to arbitration. I'm taking them to arbitration because, listen, I'm not going to spend money on Apex. It's my it's my favorite game. Like, I right now, it's my favorite multiplayer game, regardless of what Josh and Christian say anymore. Um, I spent so much money on Apex. I do not want to spend any more money on Apex unless I know my account is in good standing because I don't want to spend more money and then get shafted if they decide, oh, we forgot to turn your account off and they just turn it off, right? For sure. So... I'm going to take them to arbitration. There is a method where you can basically sue them and uh, get what you need because support is bad. So Very sad. Well, thank you for that update. Continue. Yes. So Gearbox Software CEO Randy Pitchford, who is very, very bad, says that Microsoft and Sony have never been competitors in his mind. This article is coming from Game Rant. So recently, Randy Pitchford tweeted about the relationship oh, between Sony and Microsoft in the wake of the latter's massive acquisition of Activision Blizzard, saying that in his mind, the two console giants have never been competitors. That is fucking absurd. <laughs> um, Pitchford's comment has some people scratching their heads. Yeah, right here. As Microsoft and Sony have clearly been competing with each other ever since the original Xbox was released to go head-to-head -head with the PlayStation 2 decades ago. These are his his official tweets. Are you ready? Wait, can I, can I just, before we get into this, say, we do understand... Hey, hey, Randy, listen, put down your flash drives for a second and listen to me. You do understand, right, that Xbox was solely created as a... Bill Gates' words, solely created as a competitor so that PlayStation did not dominate the console space. You understand that, correct? Okay. If you don't know, Randy Pitchford has a very shaky past. He's a pedophile. Look it up. There's definitely some very insane things that have come forth about him. Um, just type in Randy Pitchford flash drive on Google and you'll find the story. Uh, I don't know how he's still a CEO of a company with these. I don't stories. know how he's not in prison. Well, that too. Uh, Continue. So his official, this is his official word. This is what he, he clarified in a tweet. He said, how long is it going to take before Sony, remembering that it is a consumer electronics company, can be happy with Microsoft, which is a software company, Having Microsoft software running... Okay, this is just a run-on sentence. Having Microsoft software running as third-party apps on Sony's hardware. In my mind, they have never been competitors. Sony's like, they better not pull Call of Duty from our platform. Microsoft's like, bro, having our games on your platform is what we've been trying to do all along. I guess spending $2.5 billion on Minecraft wasn't enough to convince you. What he's not realizing here is that not all of Xbox's acquisitions have been treated like Mojang and Minecraft. Minecraft uh, was a special cause there, okay? Hmm. Microsoft adopt, uh, opted to keep Minecraft on PlayStation platforms. But what about Elder Scrolls? 
when they acquired Bethesda. Right. So, so this is this is he's wrong. First of all, I don't know why he thinks anybody still cares about what his opinion is. Right. I don't know how he is the CEO of a company. I don't know how he is not in prison. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Because he's wrong, inaccurate, and a moron on several fronts. Yeah. Here. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure absolutely Xbox would love all of their like Game Pass. They want that on PlayStation. Absolutely. Oh yeah. But continue. I just I don't want to go off on another huge tangent. Randy Pitcher is an idiot. He's bad. He's not good. Yeah, he's wrong. So, case closed. He's wrong. We're right. We're not sorry. Not sorry. Uh, Blizzard announces a new survival game while still reeling from multiple controversies and being acquired by Microsoft. Uh, This comes from The Verge. The currently unnamed game is Blizzard's newest IP since Overwatch, which is really crazy. Um, They say we are building a survival game in an all-new universe, and they're hiring, and that's all we have. I can't even fucking make a game anymore, and yet they're going to make another one, dude. Well, hopefully, um, the move to Microsoft is helpful, and you know, cancel the Overwatch's end. Oh boy, cancel it. Huge fan of Overwatch. I really hope that that game is good, and I really hope that. I hope this is just. I want this all to end. I want the Blizzard shit to end. I want the Activision shit to end. I just. I want, and when I say end, I don't mean go away. I mean I want justice to be served and i want the people that are responsible to go to prison um let the past die kill it if you have to no i don't want overwatch to die um well speaking of activision employees at activision studio raven software formally organized a union this is also coming from the verge so after five weeks of striking the qa testers at raven software a subsidiary of Activision Blizzard have formed one of the first unions in a AAA game publisher, which is fucking huge. The union, known as the Game Workers Alliance, was formed in association with the Communications Workers of America, also known as the CWA, mm-hmm. a labor union that represents telecommunications and digital media workers. What do you think about this? Uh, I think it's good. Um, I have. I w- <laughs> That's it. I think it's good. Uh, I would love to have a longer conversation about this at some point, um, but uh, obviously unionization, in my opinion, is good, especially in the United States, uh, because workers' rights don't exist, essentially. Um, and I think that the video game industry needs to probably follow Hollywood's example and have like multiple unions for different uh, specialties. So like, Trades. Q, yeah, yeah, exactly. QA, design, you know, actual coder, like, things like that. Um, they should probably have different, you know, facets for that. But anyway, uh, good on them. That's it. Yeah, some backstory. Basically, back in December, 12 QA workers were laid off, sparking a walkout at the Call of Duty support studio. Since then, some members of the QA department engaged in a sustained strike at Raven Software, prompting the creation of a GoFundMe to support the striking members. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I have a quote here. We formed the Game Workers Alliance. This is a, there's a typo here from from The Verge. It says we formed the Game Workers Alliance (CWA) because my colleagues and I want to have our voices heard," said Brent Real, a QA lead at Raven, in a CWA press release. 
The union is asking for a formal recognition from parent company Activision Blizzard, who in recent SEC filings related to the company's pending acquisition by Microsoft, failed to acknowledge that a strike was even taking place. Which is not good. That's it. So that's all I have for you in the Abysmal Chronicles today, ladies and gentlemen. And before we roll the intro and before we start the official topics of the show, I want to take a second to shout out Dubby Energy. That's right. So if you don't know what Dubby is, it's WGG. Dubby uh, was formulated to give you focus and energy with no jitters or crashes. Their formula contains vitamins, amino acids, and nootropics, including the patented Neurofactor. So it's a powder. You put it in water. You shake it up. And it gives you energy. Uh, no calories, no sugar, no artificial colors, no fillers, none of that bad stuff. Uh, basically, if you find it hard to work or study, use code SLICK to save on Dubby. Uh, save 10% today on your Dubby.gg order by using code SLICK. Uh, I have some here. Yes. Love it. It's SLICK. And that is why our promo code is SLICK. By the way, our promo code is SLICK. Okay. That's the slickest thing I've ever heard in my life. Just honestly. so everybody understands that. Yeah. So just for full transparency, we are sponsored by Dubby. Uh, and if you use our code slick at W.GG on your purchase, you save 10%. That 10% goes right to us. So you'll be officially supporting the show. And we appreciate that. And we appreciate you. That's right. My favorite flavor is uh, Dub Sludge. It's Granny Smith Apple. Dubby Sludge. Really so get yourself a tubby a dubby, yeah. That's right. With that being said, Josh, if you would, please roll that intro. What do you got for me? So, Brett, our first topic for today. Let's see. In July 2021, uh, President of the United States of America, Joe Biden, signed an executive order that included support for consumers, quote unquote, right to repair in the United States. Basically, We're politics on a gaming podcast? Kind of. What is this? Not really. What is happening? This is this is outside of the political spectrum this everybody should agree on this topic and if you don't you're a corporate shill so uh basically uh this established a quote-unquote competition council to coordinate and monitor progress across the entire federal government in providing cost savings to u.s consumers um, this all comes from uh the white house press secretary by the way jen saki i think is how you pronounce her name i'm not entirely sure anyway following this executive order um 
Following the executive order's uh, support for the right to repair, the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, uh, will now ramp up enforcement actions against illegal repair restrictions. This is starting now, which is why President Biden tweeted this out behind us. So since July, when this executive action was signed into uh was signed by Biden. Big firms like Apple and Microsoft voluntarily announced changes to their policies so that consumers can readily repair their own phones and laptops. Now, this is big. Let me give you a little bit more framing and then let's discuss, Brett. So basically, yeah. there is an entire quote-unquote rights to repair movement. It's actually an official organization. And they've been advocating and pushing for the right to repair to be enshrined for years, arguing that electronics manufacturers have hurt consumers and diminished competition by restricting consumer choice to fix their own products. Basically, have a choice of, I mean, you know, where where to go to, to fix your shit instead of just going back to the manufacturer always. Uh, from Biden himself, he said, quote, too many areas. Uh, if you own a product from a smartphone to a tractor, uh, you don't have the freedom to choose how or where to repair the item you purchased. Uh, it's broke, he continued. Well, what do you what do I do about it if it's broken? You had to go to the dealer and you had to pay the dealer's cost, the dealer's price. If you tried to fix it yourself, manufacturers would void the warranty. Yep. So uh, end quote. So basically, the Biden administration has pegged the right to repair as a competition issue, arguing that diminished repair options increase consumer cost and crowd out independent repair shops. Yeah, 100%. And absolutely, Yuki, no meme. This is uh, amazing. And again, this is not a, a political thing. This is good for everybody. Yeah. If you're a consumer, you have a phone, you buy shit, guess what? You buy electronics, this is good for you. Yeah, I, I real quick, I do, I do want to point out Yuki's comment. She says, does this mean I can get ice cream at McDonald's after 10 p.m.? So I know you said no meme afterwards, but literally no meme. The reason McDonald's ice oh cream God, machines right. are always down are because they have a special like repair person that they have to go to to repair the machines when they go down. So, yeah, no meme. This could mean we could get ice cream at McDonald's past 10 p.m. How about at all? Or at all. This would cease the the constant, you know reason why their machines are down yep um which is insane but that's a excellent point actually and maybe is. that's what we should have titled this video instead. yeah <laughs> ice cream at mcdonald's point. after 10 p.m um but yeah no this is this is awesome so i mean i mean for us gaming focus this basically means you know right now um if i were to open up the internals of my ps5 right to take out the fan to whatever it is actually open up the internals of it or just to open it up to look at it right if i think something's wrong um, basically that would void the warranty of it. And if something actually happens that is not directly related to my fault, PlayStation would be like, you broke the seal. You, you can't, we can't yeah. fix it for you. And that's the important thing to mention is that they, they literally have been putting stickers on the consoles mm. that say, if you break this sticker, your, your warranty is void, right. which is fucking insane. Yeah. So, um, this basically counteracts that. So now not only do you have the ability to repair it or fix it yourself or just, you know, take a look at the internals or adjust something yourself that doesn't directly impact any of the actual functioning of the console for it to be under warranty, but also you have the option to now you can take it to a local repair shop. You can take it to a local phone or like somewhere that is not the manufacturer themselves and pay that local person, right? Like thinking yeah. like mom pop shop, pop up stands, whatever it is to repair it yourself and not void the warranty. If there is a critical failure with your device, this about is it. huge. Yeah. Think about years ago when you would go to the mall and there would just be thousands of like phone repair kiosks 
and you could take your phone and if the screen was cracked, they would replace it. Mm -hmm. They even like would start customizing iPhones, if you remember, different color backs, different color buttons. Mm -hmm. But over the years, uh, Apple has, you know, gotten really strict and they say like, no one's allowed to work on our products, but us. Mm -hmm. So this is, this is huge. This is going to bring business back to, like you said, these mom and pop shops. Uh, it's going to create a lot of jobs. And then also I mentioned this on Twitter, uh, the electronic waste, you know, yeah. right now, what happens is someone has an iPhone, the screen cracks, and what do they do? They could take it to Apple and they could spend $200 to get it. Right. Whatever, it whatever Apple's price is. Yeah, exactly. Or they could just throw it away and probably get a better deal on just, you know, getting a new phone at like Verizon or something. Right. So now we're going to have people that are sticking with their phones a lot longer than they used to. And that's going to create a lot less electronic waste, which is great for the environment. So it's yeah. a win-win, really. Yeah. Um, this is a win for everybody if you're a consumer. This is a good thing. Um, this has, again, there's no political tinge to it at all. It's just genuinely good for consumers. Um, and Yuki makes a good point, too. Uh, I guess just speaking on the notion of there's a lot of applications and areas where this is going to support that we might not even understand or know about. But um, Yuki says medical equipment uh, as well, uh, which yeah. would be good across the board. And, you know, mcdonald's ice cream machines so yeah biden mentioned tractors uh mm -hmm. another good one would be the automotive industry with like teslas like you can't sure. if you if you open up the electronic battery compartment of your tesla mm -hmm. like you void the warranty yeah so hopefully but, this applies to that as well i'll give you another example my my car is a lease i can only have it serviced um by volkswagen dealers uh even if it's it's something that i have to pay for I have to pay yeah. Volkswagen's rates when I know I could get a cheaper rate from the mom and pop shop around the corner uh, yeah. from me. Um, so, you know, I think there's a, a broad range of applications for this. Um, this is only a good thing if you're a consumer. And I do agree with the specific sentiment that, yeah, it's a competition thing. It's a job creation thing. Like this is, this is big. Now I hope, mind you, this is part of an executive order. It doesn't mean that it's, like a law, I wish there would be some sort of official, you know, enshrined law somehow passed through Congress um, that gets enacted to support this in the future. Uh, because, yeah. you know, whoever the next president is, uh, whether it's Biden again, or somebody else, whatever, they could just repeal it, at, you know, shit gets tossed around in executive orders all the time. So um, but yeah, I so. think that I'm going to sign an executive order that we change the title of this podcast to something about um, McDonald's ice cream machines and the thumbnail we changed to Biden licking an ice cream cone. Cause there's literally thousands of images of him, like just seductively licking ice cream cones. So make a note. That's what we're doing. Thank you. And thank you, Yuki for pointing that out. Done. All right. Signed with what's my pen's name? Uh, Pasquale. Yeah. The pilot. I forget what it was. Anyway. Pasquale, the pilot. All right, well, if that's all we have, then uh, I think it's time to move on to the next topic, Josh. Why don't you kick this yeah. one off as well? So this is this is another big topic. This is fucking big for gamers, man. So for those of you that might have been online last night at 3 a.m. on the East Coast, you might have noticed that all of your PS4 trophies were wiped and labeled as PS3 games on your consoles. So this issue has been resolved, but has sparked more backwards compatibility speculation regarding 
PS3 games and PlayStation. So an issue with the PlayStation Network last night at the time of recording this caused PlayStation 4 trophies to temporarily disappear with their titles appearing as PS3 games instead. So trophy lists on both consoles and the PlayStation mobile app were only showing PlayStation 5 titles properly. All PS4 titles were showing 0% completion with no titles shown and only a PS3 logo where the PS4 one should be. So this led to speculation again on social media that the issue could be part of an upcoming backwards compatibility update for the PS5. Now, PlayStation 3 games started appearing on the PlayStation 5 store last week, if you'll remember it, amidst suggestions that Sony could unveil further backwards compatibility support for the console. When viewing a PS3 game on the PS5 store, the listing should direct you towards the PlayStation Now listing uh, of the game. However, uh, games such as Dead or Alive 5, uh, Bejeweled, Prince of Persia, Forbidden Sands and the Two Thrones uh, and similar listings uh, started appearing uh, uh, natively on the PlayStation 5 console. The listing appeared, fo appeared following the discovery of a patent filed by PS5 system architect Mark Cerny titled, quote, Backward Compatibility Through the Use of Spoof Clock and Fine Grain Frequency Control, close quote. That sounds fake. Natural Mark Cerny language, dude. That my, sounds so fake. My man is too smart for his own good. That yeah. sounds like something somebody would say in a sci-fi movie, like straight-faced. Uh, yeah. We 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 have to uh, we have to implement backward compatibility through the use of spoof clock and fine-grained frequency control. Yeah. Uh, this naturally led to many. <laughs> Spoof o'clock, Stephen says in chat. This naturally led to many to speculate that Sony finally developed a solution for older titles and could soon expand PS5's backward compatibility support, although this has not been confirmed. And now, Brett, last point. If you remember, back in December, there was a Bloomberg report which claimed that an Xbox Game Pass competitor service is being prepared by PlayStation, codenamed Spartacus, mm -hmm. which is supposed to combine current PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now services, and it's expected to launch for PS4 and PS5 this spring, and was supposed to be structured across multiple payment tiers so here's what i want to tell you ps3 backward compatibility is happening playstation is developing a game pass competitor and these will all launch together and after the news of activision blizzard they're going to get away with the payment tiers and and brett they're going to undercut the price on game pass wow that's big that's my opinion by the way that's not news so <clears throat> I want to point out a couple of things. So this isn't this is not the first time that PS3 games showed up on the PlayStation Store. Okay, right. correct. It happened on the PlayStation 4 back in the day. Uh, it happened on PlayStation 5 even. And sure. usually what that meant was it was a PlayStation Now title getting glitched and it showed on the PlayStation Store. Okay, sure. this is not the first time. Sure. That being said, we do know, like you said, that they are about to unlaunch or unveil and unlaunch. launch this. They're about to unlaunch mm -hmm. the Game Pass competitor, but. There's even more news leaning towards the fact that this is coming very soon. More. There's reports that they are removing PlayStation Now cards from uh, oh. retail stores. Yes, you're right. Why else would you remove the opportunity to make money unless you were going to... Create a new opportunity to make money via the same yes. thing? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, listen... They always said it wouldn't happen. They always said it couldn't be done. But if they... They, they never tried hard enough. They did not use spoof clock and fine grain frequency control is what I'm telling you right now. 
they didn't try hard enough before and there wasn't a pressing or satiant issue for them to really do it even when xbox just had their backwards compatibility program starting which is awesome um there was no financial incentive to do that right there is now because guess what game pass is huge it ain't going away and xbox for as much as i don't like the activision acquisition as we've discussed um yeah they're 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 coming for your throat brother and you know you're gonna need to compete because unlike what randy pitchford thinks brett it's a direct competitor and you have to respond josh there's an old adage a tale as old as time that has been passed down through the generations. Do you know what it is? Use code SLICK to save 10% on W. That, but also, Xbox ain't, ain't got, got games. games. They My ain't man, got games. Xbox finally got games. Xbox got games. Xbox got software. Xbox got hardware. Xbox got cloud streaming. And Xbox got Activision. Xbox has it all right now, and... Quite frankly, PlayStation needed something. So you know what PlayStation did? They got games. They got PS3 games. Yeah. If there's anyone that can make it happen, it's Mark Cerny. Yeah, Mark Cerny, we trust. And listen, man, there's so there's so many good games relegated out to sea, shipwrecked, stranded, playing freaking Lord of the Flies on an island somewhere on PS3. Do you know what would be huge? What would be very huge is if, unlike the Xbox backwards compatibility program, this allowed you to put any game in, regardless of licensing, regardless of anything, and just worked. Because with Xbox, they needed to relicense everything. They and needed they, to relicense. putting it in the disk drive? I guess. Or just making it, if it's on the PlayStation 3 store still, mm-hmm. make it available oh, yeah. to purchase on PlayStation 5. Because the thing with Xbox is there are games that aren't allowed to be on backwards compatibility because of licensing issues, whether it's music or, you know, all that other shit. Steven says, under the leadership of based Jim Ryan, um, let's let's be honest here. Ain't nobody telling Mark Cerny what to do in the fucking R&D hardware department. Ain't nobody telling my man what to do. He is running the ship over there. So Lock, this is stock and loaded barrel one, man. This is a great point, though. Jim Ryan sucks. Very, cri- he's been very critical of PlayStation's older titles, saying that nobody wants to play these games. Why would you want to play old games? So something must have changed. Why so. would you want to play old games? Well, let's think about it for a second. You have two major franchises of every major installment in them relegated on this piece of shit console. The PlayStation Three is a piece of shit. Let's let's not yeah. let's not fucking beat around the bush there. It sucks. It's the there dumbest is, thing ever. There so I just read a news article. There is a PlayStation 4 emulator on Linux. You can emulate PlayStation 4, but we still can't properly emulate PS3. No. Um so I'm thinking resistance. Yep. And I'm thinking uh, even though there's a title on PS4, but uh oh god. Def Jam Fight for New York. No, the other FGM icons. The other, well, supposed to metal is another one, but that's Killzone. A... Killzone, yes, yeah, Killzone. Yeah, there are quite a few franchises that are stuck on PS3. That would be nice to play. Yeah, so metal I think Gear. it's a no-brainer, and I think it's also 
smart because PlayStation really needs to diversify their portfolio. They are the third-person, single-player action company. Yeah. You need first-person shooters. Xbox has them. You need puzzle games. Xbox has them. You need to diversify your your first-party portfolio. Um, And what better way than to resurrect old, beloved franchises? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, literally Silent Hill HD, uh, Metal Gear Solid HD. um, There's these classic franchises. Like, Metal Gear Solid 4 is not playable on anything but PS3. So, So. there you go. They need FPSs, as Steven says, especially since Activision will be Microsoft now. Time for Killzone or Resistance Survival. Yes. Bring back rigs. Rigs combat evolved. Yeah. I do agree. Killzone or Resistance, that is the way to do it. Yeah. And I really want to play Killzone, by the way. Maybe I'm just being... Or not Killzone. Uh, Resistance, by the way. Both. Both. But especially Resistance. And if you can... If you have an... If they have an FPS boost, like, feature... Mm-hmm. It's over. All right. Well, I don't have anything else to say. Do you have anything else to add? Now let's fucking move on. All right. So last topic of the day of the night, Steam's new cloud save feature promises seamless switching between Steam Deck and PC. Valve has revealed a new dynamic cloud sync feature designed to support the upcoming Steam Deck launch, which is coming very soon, mind you, Q2. Uh, the company said it will offer seamless save file transfer when moving between a Steam Deck and other PCs. Uh, quotes from Valve, We anticipate that users will frequently suspend their Steam Deck without exiting the game, as is common with other handheld gaming devices. Very true. With Dynamic Cloud Sync, if they then choose to play on another device, whether a PC or another Steam Deck, their progress will be there waiting for them. With Dynamic Cloud Sync, Steam will automatically upload all modified save game data to the cloud prior to the device entering sleep mode. Users can then resume their game on any PC, laptop, or other device. Steam will also automatically download any save game changes when users return to their Steam Deck and wake up the device. Uh, Dynamic Cloud Sync must be enabled by developers, and using it is not mandatory for players. Good. This is very good. On Twitter, I I said this was very similar to Xbox and how they manage saves on the console and PC. Sure. Seamless. Seamless. You wouldn't even know. As it should be. Yeah. Um, if you want to create a multi-device ecosystem, you know, where you can play all these titles, why would you not do this? It's a no-brainer. It makes sense. It's consumer-friendly. Um, saves you time, pain, headaches, issues. Um, and also, Brett, I think proves to me how in on this Valve actually is. Yeah. They created this infrastructure, which I'm sure was no small feat, um, for the Steam Deck, which I think proves to me, and maybe we should know this because Valve is Valve and they never release anything, um, that they're all in on this and really developing a lot of really good infrastructure to support it. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. The one thing that gets me is that it must be enabled by developers, um, so you're going to see a lot of games that just straight up don't support this, which sucks. If you're a developer um, and you don't support this, you're an idiot. Yeah, but then there's also like older titles that they have. They would have to go back and enable it, and they won't. So like, there's that too. I suppose. 
yeah. But yeah, super cool. I, I really see it being useful for people like us that are probably going to be still playing on our PCs and then, you know, hopping on our Steam decks to play something in bed, right? Absolutely. Uh, but the fact that it's seamless, as soon as you literally put it to sleep, it uploads the save like that is quite incredible, yeah. honestly. I agree. So, Yeah, it almost makes me think that. Never mind. What? I want I want, I want a Vita 2 and I want this with Vita 2. That would be a nice a nice feature. We haven't had a so like I said we we have this with like PC and console but we've never had this with like console and handheld console. Right. So, you know, I wish PlayStation would do it with their first party releases on pc too because i would love to play like god of war and stuff widescreen that'd be cool they're just different games though that's the problem man yeah yeah all right anyway well that's really all i have i mean i just i thought it was an interesting thing clearly they care about the steam deck they want it to succeed um they wouldn't like you said they wouldn't put all the time and effort into this infrastructure otherwise and it's very pro gamer and very cool yes i agree with you 127 percent right. well then last for the last topic of the day we're going to be doing indie intel which is a topic where we look at indie games we show them some love this one is a game that is already out so you could buy it on steam right now it's on another it's on other platforms too um i did not write it down uh if you could look for that up while i'm reading this josh so the game is called an airport for aliens currently run by dogs Uh, this is a description from the developer. An airport for aliens, currently run by dogs, is an open-world comedy adventure game. You talk to stock photo dogs. You solve their problems. You catch your flight, and you call it airport dog airport game when you get tired of saying the full title like I did three months ago. The game features Bribe Dog, the dog who loves bribes. Secrets scattered across the universe of large simulated airports, complete with timetables and flight cancellations. Awkward conversations with your canine fellow passengers. An alien language that you can translate to discover the bad jokes dogs write when humans aren't around. A cup of coffee larger than your body. A cup of coffee larger than a building. Spray cans you can use to cocoon the building-sized coffee monolith with festive colors before drinking it in a single gulp. A healthy long-distance relationship. And an infinite number of hands that you can use to pet any dog at any time. Platforms, Brett, is on PC, uh, Xbox Series X, S, and Xbox One. There it is. So it is on console. Yes. Uh, so how I found this game was I was on TikTok, and the developer was talking about how the game was so wacky and, and everything about the game. My man, when it says an infinite number of hands that you can use to pet any dog at any time, they literally reached out to other indie game developers for them to submit models of hands from their game so that they can have a true endless amount of hands to pet dogs. So you might recognize a hand, like as the hand spawns in to pet the dog, you might recognize it from another video game, which is That's really so cool. cool. Oh my God, dude, the fucking steam achievement, little icons, dude. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, dude? Look at these. Look at that, dude. Those are the dogs. That's are you who you talk me? to. They're, they're stock photos. You dude. literally pet, you pet them. 
That is so fucking good. Yeah. Um, Look at the bear. So more from the developer, he said, I'd really like to explain more, but the game is called an airport for aliens currently run by dogs or dog airport game. If you're tired, <laughs> it already explains everything. Any further words. And we've used a lot are meaningless. Pulling these sentences from the void only adds to the debt. I cannot pay Buy my dog airport game, please. So if you want to pet JPEGs of dogs, this is for you, dude. It gives me um, had a full boyfriend vibes. Yeah, where you it's like a dating simulator with pigeons. Yeah, but with uh, dogs. But you're petting dogs, and they're also running an airport. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. So please this is buy awesome. it. Uh, it's really cool and funny, and um, there's also like that element where it says like you can learn the alien language and translate it, and you can like find bad dog jokes yeah. written around. So like there's like some adventure elements too, which is like. Cool. No, uh, I have honey over here. Yo, honey, sponsor us. Um, it says, wait, where was it? Speaking of a different language, this says behind you, uh, forsooth, my dude. That sounds like part of the language. Okay. Smell up. Bacon trees lifting over the land. Absolutely incredible. Wow. Look at this, dude. Look at this guy right here. Come on now. Oh. When Steven says, when did this come out? Why wasn't this in Goaty Talk? Dude, we missed it. Actually, well, no, it just came out this year, right? It, yeah, it just came out. No, no, no. May 25, 2021. What? That's the Steam release date, at least. Well, then it, it must have just dropped on console. Okay, well, it'll be game of the year this year for sure. I mean, look yeah. look at him, dude. Yuki yeah, says because the best of boys, absolutely. The guy on TikTok was was saying, like, my game just dropped, go buy it. Probably on so console, he, yeah. Yeah. Is it on uh, Game Pass, did you say? No, it's not on Game Pass uh, yet. It's just on Series XS and Xbox One currently. Okay. Maybe well, it will come to Game Pass. As he says, please buy his dog airport game, please. So yeah. Uh we will link this into the description once the show's over. Yeah. Uh, this is a game that I even might want to play and do a let's play of. So that would be fun. That'd be funny. So yeah, an airport for aliens currently run by dogs. Link in the the script shown. Right. That's right. Well <sighs> that's it. It's all, it's all over. It's all over. It's all she wrote, brother. It's all over. It was a good pod. Uh, hopefully the things that we talked about that were rumors come to fruition. Uh, I want it. And I want it bad. All the things. All right. I know you guys are eager. So just so you know, that link is now in the description of the YouTube video. <laughs> all right. Um, but yeah, so I mean, thank you everybody for for watching, for being here live. Uh, for those that were, uh, those of you that were, um, those of you that are watching on replay, we like you too. Um, those of you that aren't subscribed yet, you should do that. Those of you that haven't liked this video yet, you should do that too. Uh, we have merch, hats, shirts. Links are in the description. Buy our merch, um, and remember our sales marketing plan for our merch. Uh, important. Um, what was the other thing? Dubby, use code SLICK, 10% off. Link also in the description. Um, we love y'all. We appreciate y'all. Anything else you want to say, Brett? I just want to pet the dog, dude.
That's it. You know, there's there's a Twitter account dedicated to uh, if, whether or not you can pet a dog in a video game. Really? Yeah, it's called Can You Pet the Dog, I think. I like it. Uh, I've been following them for a while, and basically they'll post a screenshot of a game, and it'll say, can you pet the dog in Breath of the Wild? And then it'll say yes or no, and mm-hmm. then it'll proof. I like I like Twitter accounts like that. Yeah, so, so. that's a must-follow. This game, definitely on the list. You yeah. can pet the dog. What's, what's the handle again? UKS? Uh, I believe it is Can You Pet the Dog Twitter. Uh, it's at Can You Pet the Dog. A catalog of petable animals in video games. At can You Pet the Dog. Yep. Follow. Okay. Good. <laughs> uh, anything else, Brett? That's it. Thank you guys so much All for right. watching. We appreciate you. We love you. Yeah. Mwah. See you guys next time. Bye-bye. See ya. Why you kick my dog? Your daughter come to my house today? Yeah, that's an old video. It is. Old, old, old video. Can you pet the dog? What do we got here? We have... What's this? Calamity Bay Games, Veil of Dust. You can pet a dog. Paparazzi. Which looks like Pokemon Snap. Her dog. They had they had uh what's it called on there? Um what's that game? Hades. They had Hades on there because you can pet you Cerberus. You can you can pet Cerberus and Hades. Yeah. That's true. Space boat, you can pet a dog. Hmm. Aaron Tiefley Lee. Uh wait. Oh, this is the person this is an indie developer tweeting at him uh, okay. Little Kitty, Big City, you can pet a dog. Cyber Knights, Cyberpunk Heist RPG, you can pet a dog. Anyway, go pet some dogs, folks. Please.